0: Uh, I I know that some of you have been dealing with sickness. I I hate to always have to say this, non-COVID stuff, just normal, everyday stuff that people are dealing with. I want to take just a moment to allow you the opportunity to receive prayer this morning. If you're here in the house and you have some kind of physical need in your body, I want you right where you are just to stand up and we're going to... We're going to send prayers your way, and we're going, to t- we're going to touch God and ask Him to touch you. So are there any others that need to stand this morning? Yeah, there you go. All right. You know the Lord is our healer, right? You know that by His stripes that we are healed. We know that He is able to do all things and that He is able to heal your body. And so I want you, prayer team, if you will, to just come like into the aisles and just look around and find someone and go connect with them. Maybe just lay your hand on their shoulder and pray in agreement with them. We've got some men that are standing, so, and we've got some ladies. Just go to someone, and if there's more than the prayer team, then pray for a minute and then move on to someone else, and let's just agree together on behalf Of our physical needs today father I am so grateful that you supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus and one of the things that we most notice about the needs of our life have to do with our bodies these temporary temples that we do life in and we know that we're not always going to be in these bodies there will come a day that we will be released from them and we will have the opportunity to spend eternity without having to have these fleshly temples that sometimes get sick and weak and, and god but for now you are our hope you are our help and so i pray right now i i'd stretch my hand forth as an extension of your love and I ask you to touch and heal and meet the needs of these who have taken this step of faith this morning and have stood. They stood because they know that you are fully able to touch and minister to their bodies. I see across the room there are others, or that there are those who are standing and different needs are represented here. But I know that it matters not to you because you are able And so I ask you in Jesus' name right now to send a healing touch to these bodies and that you will increase their hope and increase their faith that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. And Lord, I pray for those this morning that may be joining us online. Lord, I know that there are several that could not make it here today because of illness and other reasons. But they are joining us online, and I pray that you'll touch them and minister to them. I pray that you'll use the word that is preached today to spark something in them that will enable them to have their needs met through faith, even where they are right now. And Lord, we thank you, and we give you praise in advance, for we know that you are able, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen amen now won't you just thank the lord for your healing today for your healing touch
1: amen he's all i need he's all i need jesus
0: In any way, and because you don't lack in any way, we have no lack in our lives. For those who believe in you, there is no lack because you provide everything that we have need of. It may not always look the way that we think it should, the timing may be different, Lord, than what we think it should be. But Lord, you always come through on our behalf, and you always meet our needs and so lord i thank you for your for you today i'm thankful for you and all that you do in our lives and for who you are we willingly give you praise today in jesus name amen amen well i want you to get your bibles and turn to isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 very familiar passage of scripture especially that we use here at this time of year as we celebrate advent which as you know we've been talking about this and teaching you over the last couple of weeks that advent really is a celebration of what would come in scripture they were celebrating the prophecies that the messiah would come And when Jesus came, he fulfilled that prophecy, and he came. But we're still celebrating Advent in the sense that there's more to come. There's more to come. Jesus is coming again. I believe that with all of my heart. Been taught it all my life in the church there are times that we want to wonder is that true or did we somewhere miss the boat because all these years we've been talking about jesus coming again and he hasn't come yet but let me tell you something if the bible teaches that jesus will come again it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when And in the meantime, he gives us the tools that are necessary for us to live successfully during this season of waiting, this season of Advent. And in Advent, we always celebrate the four uh, characteristics of God. We we started this series talking about hope. He is our hope, right? Last week, Pastor John did a great job talking about love, how that he is our love. Today we're going to talk about the peace of God and then next week we will finalize this series Along with some wonderful music the children are going to be involved Uh, The adults will be singing as well and we're going to close this out by talking about the joy of the Lord I tell you, I'm thankful that he is our joy, right? I'm thankful that he provides everything that we need and can give us the joy that we need but today Let's talk about peace. I have to be honest with you, there are days in my life that I don't feel like I'm at peace. There are times that I feel more turmoil than I do peace. There are times that I feel like things are falling apart rather than coming together. I dare say that if we were to ask you across this room if you've ever felt that way, many of you would agree that you feel that way on a regular basis. There are times that the turmoil just seems more than we can handle. But when we try to deal with our circumstances in the flesh, we understand that we, we aren't able to do that. Our power to obtain and walk in a lifestyle of peace comes through Jesus Christ. And prophetically, Scripture tells us that he will be our peace. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, the prophet said, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace." Father, I thank you for your word today. I pray that you will help me and anoint me as I speak today. Let me speak effectively and let me represent you well to this congregation. Lord, let us get a glimpse of what it can be like and what it is to live in the peace of God. As we turn to your word today with hope. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody described peace one time as the cherry on the whipped cream that sits on top of the milkshake now i thought about that for a moment and say i'm not a big cherry lover i i can eat them and it's okay i'm not even a big you know whipped cream kind of guy it's all right i like when the kids are over at the house the grandbabies i like to have a can of whipped cream around just so that i can squirt it in their mouth and listen to them giggle. And every now and then, they'll want to squirt it in my mouth. And I'll, I'll do that and enjoy it and wipe it off and all that kind of thing. But, I, you know, I'm not a real whipped cream kind of guy. Now, milkshakes, that's a different story. Let me tell you, I like milkshakes. To me, you can have the cherry and you can have the whipped cream. But please, leave the milkshake for me because I like it. But there are some people that they can't just have a normal milkshake. they got to have the whipped cream with the cherry on top in order for it to be complete. And there are times in our lives when we're missing the peace that we'd like to have. That it seems like that we don't have all the tools that we need to live a life of peace. And we need that comfort. You know, there's a reason why they call Cracker Barrel the home of the comfort food. Because everything that they serve there is bad for you. I mean, it's deep fried, it's gravy, you know, it's. I got all that stuff on it and it really isn't isn't all that good for you, but it brings comfort. I mean, there's just something about just slathering that gravy all over your biscuit and you know putting the I don't know I like to put the little sausage patty on top of the biscuit and then and then throw the gravy on top I know that some of you don't like gravy I'm praying for you that God will help you because I believe with all my heart there will be gravy in heaven at at the at the (laughs) we got a gravy lover over here but, you know, there's just something about that comfort food. There's just something about being able to take that in and enjoy it. Now, they do have some, some healthy stuff, but I, I understand they don't sell too much of that. But it, it, it comfort, it brings comfort. There are times, <coughs> excuse me, that words from a friend or a family member can come at the right time and just soothe our soul and bring comfort to us there are times that when we're upset with life and things are difficult that we can pray to god and i i'll be honest with you there are times that i pray In my flesh and I hear the words, but it's not real comforting to me sometimes because I'm talking about bad things and I'm asking for for resolution to this difficulty and and to that problem and all that. And 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 to be honest with you, I can almost discourage myself sometimes because I hear all the negativity coming out of my mouth about God. I need you to do this and I need you to heal that and I need for you to restore that and my spirit gets broken down because I'm listening to my mouth. I have to train myself to pray differently. I have to train myself to pray in agreement with the Word of God. And instead of saying, as an example, Lord, I'm sick and I don't feel good and I need for you to heal my body, instead we can focus upon the promises of God and say, Lord, I know that your promises are yes and amen and that by your stripes I am healed and it matters not what the uh, the ailment is. I, that doesn't change the fact that you're my healer. And because I know you're my healer, I'm going to walk in faith knowing uh, that by your stripes I am healed right now in this moment and I thank you because you have healed me you see the difference in the tone can make all the difference in the world and so we've got to figure out how do we live this life experiencing the peace of God that came when Jesus came into this earth So today I want to talk to you about four ways and four possibilities that we can experience peace. And the first thing that I'd like to share with you is that knowing that God is with us, it brings the possibility for peace among the nations it's real easy for us to look around the world and and for us to listen to the news media and hear about all the wars and rumors of wars and the strife and feel like that everything is out of control in the last few days I've heard almost daily about how that our nation is threatening Russia if you attack the Ukraine you're you're gonna pay a big price because we're gonna come after you First of all, I think that's a bunch of baloney because I don't think we're going to do anything at all about what happens if it does happen. You know, I don't think we're in a place right now to declare war on anyone. But the Bible says don't worry about when you begin to hear about wars and rumors of wars. Instead of getting upset and frustrated about the wars and the the possibility of war, instead look up and lift up your head because redemption draws nigh. Jesus is soon to come when we begin to hear these things. Lift up your head to heaven and know that Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is coming again how many of you know that god is in control of this world and the wars even when it seems like that man is in control and that man is doing his best to bring this earth to a place of damage god is still in control and this is not the first time that god has had to work on this earth that he created among mankind in order to pursue peace and bring peace So this idea of peace among the nations is describing a condition of a relationship between two or more nations. And it is talking about a time where there's an absence of war. In other words, we're not fighting one another. We don't don't agree, but we're not fighting one another. It doesn't necessarily mean that that these nations are in agreement on all issues, but rather we find ways to address the differences without resorting to violence. I remember when I got my concealed carry gun permit, I went and sat under some training, and I'm so glad that I did. I think everybody, if they're going to carry a gun, ought to be trained and know how to use it. Uh, We don't need the world to turn back into the wild, wild west. We need to know what we're doing and carrying uh, these guns as our protection. We need to get some training about it. But I was impressed with the instructor who said the first rule about carrying a gun is that you need to figure out how that you can resolve an issue without ever having to touch that gun. So always remember that just because you have a gun on your waist doesn't mean that you have to use it. You can actually leave the scene of the the, the situation. You can actually walk away. You can actually move the other direction. I, I remember that um, uh, this week I was watching The Rifleman. How many of you have ever watched The Rifleman? And uh, some guy came into town and, and he was messing with... Uh, uh lucas's girlfriend or whoever it was and uh, lucas came over and and he picked him up by the britches and the back of the shirt and took him out and threw him out in the street and the guy started threatening him and he said you either apologize to me right now or i demand satisfaction and lucas said well i'm going to give you satisfaction because i ain't apologizing and just about the time they were getting ready to draw their guns at one another, uh, the, the sheriff, it's Micah I think is his name, stepped in and he said, hey, 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 we're not doing this right now. Put your guns away. If you've got to have satisfaction, go outside of town and do something else. We're not doing that here. And, and he just refused to apologize. They were on the outskirts of town and, and the guy that was wanting to shoot him he, he followed him out there and he said look you're either going to apologize to me or I'm going to shoot you right now. We're going to have satisfaction right now in this moment. And here they are. These two grown men <clears throat> they're looking at one another and they're trying to feel out the situation. You got the rifleman with his rifle right here. You got the other guy you always tell when they're, they mean business because they flip their coat back like that. Have you ever seen them do that? Just kind of flip their coat back like that and show that gun and they're ready to go he's getting ready to draw and all of a sudden lucas mccain pulls his gun and he takes aim and he shoots but he doesn't shoot the guy with the gun he shoots a cougar that's getting ready to jump from the rocks onto the other guy and when the other guy saw the dead cougar at his feet he looked over at him And they had this moment, these two men. It was almost as though they were going to melt in each other's arms. I don't know. And he said so, he said, Well, I guess he said, I, I guess I won't shoot you or whatever it was he said. And then Lucas winked at him and he said, Well, he said, I'm gonna give you an apology that I've owed you all, all along. And he apologized to them, you know, they, they they became friends and all that kind of stuff. And here's the point I'm trying to make. We can disagree, but we can also resolve differences through other means than violence. And we need to understand that. Now, God has always been aware of this kind of thing. And he's used different people at different times in different ways. Do you ever think about King David? He was known as a great warrior. I mean, he was constantly at war, it seems like. He was always in some kind of a battle. In fact, so much so that at the end of his life, he had a desire to build a temple for God. And he desired to do it. He laid all the plans. He got all the resources together. But God would not allow him to build the structure because he had too much blood on his hands. And he said, I'm not going to let you build it, but I'll let your son Solomon build it. And so David was a man of war, but Solomon was a man of wisdom. He also ruled and became a a great king. But he didn't do it by war. He did it by wisdom. And now we live in a time where Jesus is the king. Amen? I don't care who's the president. I don't care who's the prime minister. I don't care about any of that. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the king. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Amen? And he rules based on his word. David was a man of war and Solomon was a man of wisdom, but Jesus is a man of his word. Amen. It is his word that will bring us to a place of peace. Now, Psalm chapter 46, verse 8, 9, and 10 says, Come and behold the works of the Lord. Now he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. So be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. When he says, be still, what he is saying is, be at peace. Don't get bent out of shape. Don't worry about it because I've got it under control. And he is working everything so that it will eventually line up and bring glory to who he is and glory to his name. He said, I will be exalted among the nations. And while I am exalting myself, you just be at peace. You just be still. You just stop telling us that, well, if this political party was out and this political party he was in everything would be all right no i don't worry about that jesus is on the throne and he is exalting his name in the earth so he has given us the possibility of peace among the nations secondly god is with us and he brings the possibility for peace between people did you ever find yourself crossways with somebody i mean you just didn't like them I mean, you were just always in the crosshairs of their words and their attitudes. And to be honest, you were feeling it a little bit yourself. God has given us the ability to be at peace between people. Now, he's talking about a relationship between two or more people. He's talking about the associations that we have. He's talking about our communities and our workplaces and our schools and our families we encounter people every day that we live and we have to find a way to be at peace with them now, i'll ask you a question but i don't want to see your hands you don't have to respond openly but where is that place in your life where you experience the most in terms of drama you know we talk about i don't want that drama i don't need any drama but where is that place in your life where you experience more drama than anywhere else? For some of you, it's at your place of employment. It just seems like that every day there's some kind of drama that you find yourself dealing with. For some of you, it's with your spouse. Man, I, things have changed since we got married and since we were dating. You know, I used to look at her and he, she used to look at me with twinkly eyes and all that kind of thing. Now I can't even stand to look at them. I can't even stand to walk across the room and, and speak to them because there's so much drama that exists in the relationship. For some of you, it's with your kids. I mean, kids are wonderful. They're a great blessing. But there comes times in your life where your kids will absolutely drive you nuts. Yeah, I, I, I just need to say this to some of you so that you'll understand that God never intended for your kids to live with you the rest of your life. There comes a time when you need to kick them out. I'm only kidding. What I mean is, is that we, from the time that they're born, begin to teach them to be independent from us. I, 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 there comes a time when you got to stop changing their diaper. You need to tell them this is the last time, baby. I'm going to do this, and after this, I ain't changing your diaper anymore. You're going to change your own diaper if you still have to have one. We have to teach our children to be independent, and then we also simultaneously have to teach them how to be dependent upon God. So there's a there's this. This uh, thing that we have to deal with with our kids. But if we don't do it, listen, you're going to be 73 years old and still changing their diapers and cooking their grits in the morning. There comes a time when you have to find a way to peacefully remove them from your life. And if you can't do it peacefully, just kick them out anyway. I'm I'm only kidding. Again, some of you are going to go home. You're already planning what you're going to say as you're kicking them out the front door. There comes a time that they have to deal with their own lives, is what I'm saying. We don't ever stop loving them. We don't. I, I always am reminded of that story in the New Testament of the prodigal son, where the kid just wants this and wants this and wants this, and the dad just says, well, go after it. Here's your money. Go on. I know moms and dads today that they would have been in the car behind him as he's going down the road. They would have been, had to go with him in order to protect him and keep him from any harm. They would have shown up at the pig pen and say, Oh, bless your little pea heart. You know, I got to help you. Let's get those knots out of your hair. Let's take you down. Let's get you some, some food. Let's take you down to the Cracker Barrel and get you some comfort food. You don't have to eat these corn husks in this. They would have tried to protect this child, but instead the father just stood at the end of the road and prayed for him and waited, prayed for him and waited prayed for him and waited. Sometimes we just need to pray for them and wait while God is doing a work in their life that only he can do anyway. And if we try to do it for God, it's not going to work anyway. So why not let God be God and do the work that needs to be done in their life? Because if we'll let that happen, then there will come a day when we're standing there at the end of the road and we're watching and we're waiting and all of a sudden we'll look and we will see and we'll see a figure coming home. A you're coming down the road and all of a sudden we realize that's my boy that's my son god has done a work in him that only god can do listen it's not because you don't love your children it's because you do love them that you let them learn how to live their lives and grow up and it will bring peace to your life that's what's so strange Is that it feels like that that would be so harmful to us and yet it is what will promote peace in our lives when we turn them over to the Lord now it doesn't mean that we always agree about everything when there's a problem between people we will we will forever have people in our lives that we just simply don't agree with them we just don't but when we disagree we should do so With mutual respect. Mutual respect. We need to have an appreciation for different opinions, and we must have humility to elevate others instead of pull them down. I was having conversation with a pastor and his wife this week. We went out to eat, and we were just having a good time, and You know, the conversation came up around how the churches are dealing with this uh, virus that's been around us now for a couple of years and what to do and how to do it and how did your church respond and all that. And, I, you know, I bragged on you. I said, you know, our people were pretty good about it. I said, during the times that we had to shut down, they shut down without a whole lot of problems, and they came back, and everybody had a good attitude, and there was a period of time when I asked them if they would wear their mask, and there were a few times we shot them in the forehead with a with a ther- thermometer, and all the and, and you know, our people were pretty good about all that kind of stuff. They, they did all right, I said, and then the vaccine thing started, and I said, and I started thinking, man, it's going to get dicey now, and it has gotten a little dicey at times, because some of you. You are for it. Some of you are against it. And you don't mind telling people what you believe about it. But, you know, there are times that we can believe a thing but also let someone else believe what they believe without being at odds with them i've made my choices and i will have to live with my choices and you will have to live with your choices but it doesn't mean i don't love you and it doesn't mean i don't care about you it just means that i've got a different opinion about something than you do that's okay jesus loves you as much as he loves me And I can trust you. say, well, but if you take it, you're not not trusting Jesus. Well, I could say if you don't take it, you're not trusting Jesus. You know, Uh, we could just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the best thing to do is just say, how can I find a way to elevate this person in humility and let them understand that regardless of what they think about this situation or that situation, I love them with the love of Jesus Christ. And I want what's best for them. I was bragging on you about how good you've been. Now, don't go and backslide on me at this point. You know, just keep loving Jesus and keep loving one another and be at peace in our relationships. Romans chapter 12, verses 16 through 18 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly never be wise in your own sight, and repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And listen to this, if possible, say if possible. If possible, possible, so far as depends on you, say that's me, live peaceably with all. In other words, what the Lord is saying here through his word is is that we have the ability to be at peace with all men. If it's possible, hey, listen, there are some people, you just cannot be at peace with them. And if it's somebody that you can separate yourself from, there comes a time in life when you need to separate yourself from the one who is antagonizing you and preventing you from living in peace. There may be times that you have to step back. There may be times that you have to get a different job. There may be times that you have to shop in a different grocery store. There may be times that you have to take a different route to work because the same person gets in front of you and goes slow every day at the same time. There may be times that you have to make an adjustment to your life so that you are not in this this relationship of antagonism all the time. You may have to make some choices. But there are some people that you can live with and be at peace, but there are some people that you cannot be at peace with. And there are times that you just have to say, all right, I'm going to make this a this sacrifice and I'm going to be at peace with this person. My wife and I, through the years, have learned how to fight really good. I mean, we're good at it. We are. Our kids all the time, they say, you and mom, they don't need to be fighting about that. And we both look at them like, what do you mean fight? We, we don't fight. We just, we just don't do it. I, I've never laid a hand on her and she never laid a hand on me. Unless we were in a good mood. (laughs) We just don't fight. We learn early on in life how to disagree. And not long ago, we were just, let me tell you something about my wife and I. If we have a destination that we need to get to, whether it's a job that we're doing or work that we're doing or a project, or maybe we're going to the grocery store or whatever, if she's driving or I'm driving, we will, every time we will take a different path. Every time we will do it differently. Every time she will say to me, that's not the right way to do that. Or I will say to her, it'd be so much better if you do it like this and so much easier. And both of us just kind of look at us, uh, look at each other like, stay out of my business, dude. I know how to get where I'm going. Everything's going to be all right. And you know what's crazy is we will wind up at the same place nine out of ten times, and by doing it differently and going a different direction, we didn't have to bother with fighting each other over it. We didn't have to say, see, I told you so. If you'd have done it like this, you wouldn't have had that. You know, you're, you're an idiot. You know that, right? You know, all these years I've been living with an idiot. That's what, you know, some people say. We don't say that. And not long ago we kind of, you know, we had a different opinion. We weren't crossways with each other. We just had a different opinion on a matter. And, and, you know, I just, I had my opinion on it and she had her opinion on it. And we started trying to convince each other that our opinion was the right way. And finally we just looked at each other and we just kind of have this place where it's like, okay, I'm done. we're not having this conversation anymore because it's not worth arguing over. It's not worth, we're both going to arrive at the same thing anyway. So why do we need to argue about this? So I love you, blow each other a kiss, you know, pat each other on the back and and all that kind of stuff and move on with life. But I know people that they cannot do that. They have to have their way. They have to make sure that everything that is done has to be done their way. Well, let me tell you, through Christ, we have the ability to elevate others to a place, but it requires us to walk in humility. Now, listen, I want to say this and move on. There are some non-negotiable moral theological absolutes that as Christians, we absolutely cannot let go of. We must defend them. I've been rejoicing all this week over what's happening in the Supreme Court and lower courts. I know that there are people that say, Pastor, if you get up there and if you tell me that we need to outlaw all law abortion, I'm gonna find a different church to go to. Listen, I'm going to tell you that we do not need to support a law that allows babies to be killed by the millions of. It needs to be outlawed, and we should applaud and support any man or woman who is willing to defend that. We just have to, because it's scriptural, it's moral, it's theological, it's the right thing to do. And I could go on and on and on about things like that and giving you examples, but listen, if it's a morality issue, if it's a, if it's a theological issue, if it's a scriptural issue, you've got to sometimes stand your ground and say, I'm standing here and know that I'm making the right choice to support this situation and stand in your peace. Thirdly, God with us brings the possibility for peace with self. Peace with self. You know why you hear so much these days about suicide, and hear so much about people who are anxious about this and that. It's because they have no peace with themselves. Well, as I was studying for this message, let me explain to you. It it, it's very clear to me. Here's what happens in our lives: the devil begins to whisper negative things into our spiritual ears. He is accuser. He is a liar. He did it to Jesus when he took him up on the mountain and said, "If you'll worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms they weren't His kingdoms to give." He's a liar, and he begins lie to you about a situation. Well, if my husband were nicer to me, I would need to hope for someone else that I could have an affair with. If my wife were better to me, Now, I wouldn't have to sit in front of my computer and look at all this pornography and get all that into my spirit. And I'm going to justify that because, Lord, I have a right to look at these images. Lord, I have a right to have someone in my life who loves me and speaks nicely to me. I have a right. And we hold up our rights to God, And we try to justify those things to him. And what we have to understand is, is that our rights in Christ do not conflict with God's word. <clears throat> and so when we come to a place uh, of conflict between what I'm feeling and what I want in my flesh to do. And what the spirit of God tells me to do. We should always move in agreement with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And when we don't do that, then we begin to justify our actions because we feel it. Every time we see that person, it's like, we, I feel like I want to look just a little bit longer. I feel like I want to talk to this individual just a little bit longer because they make me feel good. And if we're not careful, one thing leads to another, to another, to another and we begin to put ourselves in a position where we are at, at odds with the Spirit of God that is in us. Let me remind you that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you accept Him as your Savior. That though you may not become perfect in your attitudes and actions, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He comes into you and takes up residence in your spirit and he is there. So every time that you do something that is contrary to the word of God and the will of God, you are doing it in the presence of holiness. And if you can remember that every time that you turn that computer on and pull up the porn sites, and start looking at it, Holy Spirit is in you and He won't close His eyes because He wants to know what you're into so that He can help develop you into the person that He wants you to be. Now stay with me today. The only way to resolve this kind of issue in our lives, whatever it is, it may be stealing, it may be thieving. It may be at work and you see a few dollars that are laying out and they haven't been processed yet. And boy, that would help me today. That might buy my lunch and just grab it and put it down into the... Listen, I'm going to tell you, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of these kinds of things, we only have one choice, and that is to get ourselves in agreement with the Word of God and the will of God. Otherwise, we will never, ever have peace in our lives. We'll live our whole lives in conflict because we are fighting with Jesus. You see, when the devil whispers negative things, the Holy Spirit counters with truth. He always counters with truth. What does truth do? The truth sets you free. And so if you can get the truth of the Word of God and the truth of the Holy Spirit, then it will cause this this tension in our soul and in our spirit to be resolved because we will allow the truth of God's Word to take over in that particular situation. And so this tension takes away our peace. It will not allow us to rest in peace Because the enemy of our soul, the enemy, the devil, and the one who has given us life and lives in us, they're at tension with one another. They are at odds with one another. And the only way to come to peace is when we come in the word of God and the spirit. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. Listen, if you're troubled and if you're afraid, you can't obtain peace. You can't have peace. But you can have peace if you're willing to say, I choose to believe God and his word, rather than to listen to what the enemy is whispering into my ears. But we have to deal with it that way. Number four, and finally, God with us brings the possibility for peace with God. How many of you know that when we're born into this world, we're all sinners? We're all born into sin. At some point in our life, we have to deal with that sin. The only way that we can deal with it is to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. I can't buy salvation. I can't produce it through my actions. <clears throat> the only way that I can be at peace with God is to approach Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's only one way to the Father it's through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We'll never be at peace on this earth until we come to a place where we're at peace with God. Let me tell you something sin is an act of hostility toward God. Every time we sin, we're being hostile toward God. When people sin, they engage in warfare against God. Did you ever think that you would find yourself at odds with God? Warring against the God of this universe? Oh no. We would never in our right mind think I'm going to fight against God and yet Every time that we choose sin over holiness, we are at warfare with God. Now listen, you being holy cannot, cannot gain your salvation. Only Jesus can forgive you of your sins. Only Jesus can come into your life. And when he does, he will help you fight this battle. We find ourselves warring against the things of the flesh, the things of the soul that cause us to feel like well if I feel that then it ought to be alright if I'm feeling that you know the world is telling us that we can do this because we feel that way we need to teach our children in school that it's okay to accept this lifestyle and that lifestyle and that lifestyle But if that lifestyle is contrary to the word of God and the teachings of God then we must without any any question in our minds we must stand in agreement with the word of God because otherwise how can our kids be at peace with him Listen, this is not easy stuff. This message I'm preaching to you today, I recognize that it takes a battle. It takes, it takes force. It takes spirit living. It takes praying in the spirit. It takes every ounce of spiritual energy that you have. But I'm telling you, church, we have to be at peace with God. And we cannot be at peace with the world and simultaneously be at peace with God. It just can't happen. And so every time that we make choices that are contrary to the word or the will of God, we are at enmity with God. And we are treating him with hostility. And we are treating him as though we are doing warfare against him. And we're not doing warfare against him, in fact, if we'll allow him to from his place of internal existence he will fight with us as we fight against the flesh but we must be willing to let him have his place let me tell you something there is no neutral position when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ let me say that again there's no neutral position when it comes to your relationship with you and Jesus Christ you're either for him or you're against him you're either working with Him or you're fighting against Him. There's no place of neutrality. You have to be either in or you have to either be out. But the choice is yours. He's provided us the opportunity to be at peace with Him. And know that there. I can live this day and know that there is no condemnation in my life because I'm walking in the Spirit of God and I am living like Jesus wants me to live. But we have to be at peace with him. So Jesus came to deal with this conflict. It's what Christmas is about. It's not about your toys. It's not about what you buy your grandbabies. It's not about whether you like ham or turkey or whatever. It's not about any of that. Jesus Christ came into this world so many years ago, born in a manger, lived, died, rose again, ascended into the heavenlies to ever live to make intercession for the saints of God so that we could have peace with God aren't you glad that we can have peace today let me tell you that's the most important thing in your life So I just want to find that place in life where I have that rhythm where I just everything feels good everything's smooth Everything's topped with a cherry and whipped cream. And I can just feel my way through this good life. Listen, there's only one way for you to achieve that kind of peace. And it is through Jesus Christ. Now, I know what some of you are saying. I accepted Christ years ago. I've been a Christian for 157 years. I've been serving the Lord all this time. I ain't going to give up now. But you know what we need to do? We've got to learn how to develop a lifestyle, a daily lifestyle that will allow us to be at peace. Listen, the world doesn't want the church to be at peace right now because they know that when the church comes to a place of peace, that we won't be able to be stopped because the Prince of Peace will be fighting alongside of us. As we take care of all the circumstances and situations that we have to face. He is the Prince of Peace. Aren't you glad for that today? Now I want us to close by having special prayer. I want the prayer team to come and position yourselves, if you will. And I'm going to ask the entire body today to join us, and we're going to agree together. As you know, the other night we had devastation in the state of Kentucky that that it still continues even to this point. Tornadoes came through our state. I I told the prayer team this morning, I woke up about two o'clock in the morning and I I really, I was concerned and I don't get really concerned about storms. I I was raised in Southern Illinois, so I'm kind of used to it. kind of used to the drama around it and all that but there was just something I mean I woke up boom just like that and I knew that this was different I'm telling you and I want you to hear my heart I tell you the enemy is fighting this world right now in this moment harder than I can remember in a long long time we're seeing things in this world that are just devastating devastating there are three communities in Kentucky that just about got completely obliterated one is Mayfield you know that we have a church congregation in Mayfield the other one is Dawson Springs in the western part of the state almost completely wiped off the map I've seen the pictures of it and it's just almost completely gone and then Bowling Green got hit hard. There are people, many, many, many people, that they no longer have a house to live in. They don't have a car to drive. They don't have groceries in their pantry because it was all swept away with the tornadoes. And it's time for us to pray and it's time for us to do everything that we can possibly do to uphold them and to strengthen them. Now, today... I just want to tell you about where we are and then next week I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond with an offering because that's going to be the best way for us to lend our support. The authorities are begging people don't come down there because you just get in the way. Don't come down here. Let the people who are able to do this and poised to do this, let them get in here and do the work that needs to be done. I'm glad to be able to tell you, and you know this, if you pay tithe into our local church, portion of your tithe dollar every month goes to, to our headquarters, and we are able to underwrite uh, ministries like Operation Compassion and uh, Men and Women of Action who always have 18-wheel trucks completely filled with needs, uh, with water, with supplies, with non-perishable items. And more times than not, our, our trucks are some of the first ones with boots on the ground there. They're already there. They're setting up uh, stations where they can minister to uh, people in that area. But we need to pray for them, and we need to support them as best we can. I'm telling you, it's devastating to look at the pictures. It's devastating to see all that is going on in that area. But listen, here's what I believe. I believe that God is in control. And God will take everything that the enemy meant for harm and evil. And he will turn it for good. I don't know all the details about how God will do that, but I believe that God is not going to be outdone by the enemy. He's going to step up big. But he's going to do it through his people and through the church. Now listen, we're Pentecostal. We don't usually get credit for being the kind of people that like to actually feed the homeless and feed the hungry and, 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 and supply the needs with a... We, we, we're known for shouting and singing and hollering and all that kind of thing, while other churches are, are better known for compassion ministries. But you know what I've discovered through the years? You can be Pentecostal and compassionate at the same time. And God's going to help us to do that. But I want us to pray, and I've asked the prayer team to help me pray today. I'm going to begin our prayer. And after I've prayed, if there's one of them that feels like that they're led of the Holy Spirit to pray with us, I want us to agree together. I want you to pray with us that God will give us what we need. Now, let me tell you a positive thing, and then we're going to pray. Mayfield, Kentucky, almost completely destroyed. We have a Church of God congregation in Mayfield. The majority of their congregation has lost everything that they owned. Their houses are gone. Their food, their clothes, almost everything that they own, it's just gone. Right there in that neighborhood where that church of God exists, the houses are gone. But the report that we've received received is that the church building structure received almost no damage at all you can look to the right and everything's gone. You can look to the left and everything's gone. To the, to, in front and behind, everything's gone. But the church is standing with very minor damage to it. It's almost like God stood in front of that church and said, No, you're not removing this lighthouse from this community. I don't know what he's got in store for that church, but they're, they're one of us. They're part of our family. We're going to do everything we can to help them and support them. So let's pray together. Father, I come to you this morning and I just begin by thanking you that I know and I'm confident that you are the Prince of Peace. Everything is in your control. Lord, these last two years have been so difficult. I've lived a lot of years and I've there have been seasons in my life where it seemed like we were just walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Every time that we've come to a place like that, I've sensed your presence and I've known that you are with us and that you are going through that valley with us. And I sense that right now. Lord, we've We've dealt with sickness, we've dealt with COVID, we've dealt with death, we've dealt with people being upset about theories and and what's right and what's wrong, and it's just, it has been such a mess <clears throat> that it feels at times like that we're just journeying through a valley, a shadow of death, but in those moments, you instructed us in your word not to be afraid because you're with us. You're with us. And so, Lord, right now, I'm asking you to be with these people in Kentucky and the few places in Arkansas, Lord, that have been affected by this and some in Tennessee. And, and Lord, you're aware of all the locations that, that were blasted by these tornadoes. God, I'm asking you to give them peace, to comfort them, to use the teams that are there with boots on the ground. Let them minister to the actual needs that they have. But Lord, let them minister the love of Christ. I pray for souls to be won through this situation. Lord, I'm so grateful that we have you in times like these. In times like these, we have a Savior in times like these. And I'm so thankful that you've opened up the doorways of heaven so that we can come boldly unto you and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of So, Lord, thank you for hearing our prayer. Give the aid that is needed in this moment in time. In Jesus' name. Prayer team.